This podcast is brought to you by 3B, the mental wellbeing company, hosted by Claire and Sue, co-founders of 3B. When you've got your wellbeing mojo on, you're firing on all cylinders. You're accepting of whatever comes your way. You're being resilient. We believe that one size does not fit all, and we want you to discover your own wellbeing mojo. So join us on our podcast journey where we'll be exploring the many different aspects of mental well-being. And hopefully, you can learn what you need to get your well-being mojo on. This week's podcast features an extract from our weekly radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. Hello and welcome to Thursday. It's 12 o'clock and it's Let's Talk Wellbeing. Hope everybody's doing well today. We have got a fabulous guest in the studio. We are going to be starting off with our interview with our guest and then we are going in our second hour um, to have a discussion and our guest is going to kindly stay for that as well. So what have we got for you today? Well, in the studio we have Narelle Summers. Now, Narelle has gone through her own journey, which she's going to talk to us about, hopefully. And through this, she's learned lots of different techniques that she wants to share with others. She's passionate about making sure that she can share how people can have a better quality of life. She works as a professional speaker and an emotional well-being coach, which we love, don't we, Sue? Definitely. So she works with people on a one-to-one basis and you can visit her face-to-face or you can actually do it virtually as well. So Narelle, I'm going to come straight over to you. I noticed that you're an NLP practitioner, master practitioner like myself, which is always good. But there's loads of techniques and tools that we can use within that. I'm sure you can share that with us. The one I'm really interested in though is something that I didn't do in my NLP, but it's something called the Havening Technique. And, oh, I would really need to know more about this because I know it's based in neuroscience, but what is it all about? Right, okay. So, first of all, um, hello, listeners. Um, and as Claire said, I, I'm Narelle Summers. And, um, okay, so Havening is a psychosensory therapy. It uses touch and visualisation to remove negative feelings attached to negative memories. Now, we've all had negative experiences, haven't we? Whether that is, um, you know, a presentation going wrong, uh, a big argument with a loved one, uh, a fear or a phobia, right up to traumatic experiences. Absolutely. I could give you a list if you like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the thing is, the mind stores it, whatever it is, in our minds, in photographs, and I was going to say videos because that's my era, but it's DVDs. It's my, my, not even D- DVDs well, now. We've no idea. What yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> don't worry. About yeah. That. That it's, so it's stored in the mind. Um, so at any one point, you could look at those photographs or you could look at those DVDs, and when you do that. It brings up those feelings, those negative feelings in your body, you know, and it could be from 
feeling uncomfortable, uh, to frustration, annoyed, angry, right up to being petrified. And some of these negative feelings actually have physical symptoms. For example, panic attacks. So everything starts with a thought, then moves into the feeling, and then come. I mean, sometimes non-empathic, no, non. I can't say it now. It's menopause brain. <laughs> Yeah. No um, yeah. So You're in good company. Yeah. So the thing is, when um, you're doing the the havening, which is a touch therapy, um, it actually removes those negative feelings attached to those negative memories. You will still have the memory, so you'll still remember what's happened to you. But when you look at those photographs and those DVDs, those feelings will not be there. You're not connected. Yeah to it it is it is very very powerful and there's two uh, tools really to to havening so i use it on a therapeutic level um with my clients but then i also show my clients and, and i do well i do all my work now actually via zoom i used to do it um via this thing called skype and face to face but it just works over zoom now just because you know, some of my clients have had very traumatic experiences. Even leaving their house can be a, a trauma for them. So Zoom just is, is, is perfect. Um, so what I do is show them the self-havening touch so they can actually do the, the one-to-one session themselves with me talking through the visualisation um, and the distraction techniques. But so, yeah, so it can be used as a therapeutic tool but then it can be used as a relaxation tool, the self-havening. Now, I use that every single day. And regardless of how I feel, because this is what people fall back on or fall down on, when they feel okay, they think, I don't need to meditate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't need to do self-havening. I don't need to do any exercise because I feel okay. And that's the wrong approach because even if you're feeling okay, you need to do your self-care. So like this morning, I felt okay. But I sat there and I did my affirmations with my self-havening and my gratitude. And when you're doing the self-care, when you feel okay, you're building your resilience up. And what I mean by resilience is that you have the ability to bounce back quicker when something happens because I'm going to let everybody into a secret now I don't lead a perfect life (laughs) I'm really glad to hear that that makes me feel better (laughs) you know I've just been through a pandemic just like everybody else you know I've lost clients I've lost work you know I've been isolated on my own I've had to do those things just like everybody else has Mm -hmm. so you know, and and in my future, you know, there's going to be there's going to be arguments and upset and death in my family. You know, so I don't lead a perfect life. So when I feel okay, I still do the things that I I do when I'm not feeling okay. I think that's really key what you're saying there because it's something that I know me and Sue talk about a lot. There is this thing about, oh, well, I'm all right, so I don't need to do that. And you only go back to it then when you're not feeling good. And then it, it doesn't have, it takes you longer to get into it. It doesn't have the immediate impact that maybe it could have mm-hmm. if you practiced it. 
what I really love, Narelle, is that you're really honest about how, you know, you, you're you not perfect. You know, nobody is. We're big on this, not standing up and going, oh, be like me. You have to do this kind of thing. It's about everybody's going to come at this differently. I have to say, because reading your website, which is brilliant, it just shares an awful lot of stuff that you mm. do. What I really like is when you're talking about you're now doing this over Zoom and people can do this self-havening mm-hmm. thing. That's actually then giving them that tool and technique to take away, to do on themselves and practice daily, regularly, whatever it happens to be. So they really can get to that point that you're on about where it's not triggering this image, the video, youtube kind of thing <laughs> yeah, that's going on yeah. in your head. <laughs> it's not triggering that real mm-hmm. heightened of emotion mm-hmm. that we get. And it's, I know it's something that, that we talk about with this emotion because it's important to understand where these are coming from. But actually, that's where these can be coming from. It's ha- what's happened in the past can really affect us. And it can disable us at times, can't it? Oh, I, I mean, a- absolutely. You know, and some people who I see, you know, are really traumatised and, and it stops them from, from living, uh, and also, because they've had traumatic experiences as well, the, the mind is, is very powerful because it then can, you know, so we have films of our past, whether that is right or, or wrong interpretation. We have films of what's happened in yeah. our past. But do you know what? The mind goes into the future and it makes up films. That's go- what's going to happen in the future. I mean, the majority of the time, uh, you know, it doesn't happen. But the, the so... You know, you are the director, you are the actor, you are the producer of your, your, your own film. So if you can make a negative film, guess what? You can make a positive film. Wow, that's powerful. That is very that is, powerful, yeah. yeah. I know, you've really got me. I just need to kind of sit for a minute and kind of process a lot of what you've just said there, Narelle. It relates so much with um, a lot of things we talk about at 3B, doesn't it, Claire? Particularly the self-care, mm-hmm. you know, kind of and building that up. We actually have a term for that. We call it our bank of self, mm-hmm. building up our bank. Um, but the other thing that we're really big at at 3B, which you talked about there, is, is emotions. Yeah. You know, and kind of tuning in to feel our feelings, mm-hmm. you know, expressing ourselves properly, uh, using the information that our emotions are giving us. Mm-hmm you know, to help support our emotional and our mental well-being. And and we refer to this as having emotional wealth. Yes. Okay. Um, And, you know, enabling us to to be what you were talking about before, more Mm -hmm. resilient, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm because it's kind of like we're we're abundant in our sort of emotions. So how do you see the relationship between, um, you know, emotions and mental well-being? The thing is that... When, when you have a, a negative feeling, okay, acknowledge it. it. It it's there for a reason, okay. And you need to analyze and you need to think to yourself, okay, why am I am I feeling this emotion? You know, for for example, I don't know, anger. Why am I feeling angry? Because they haven't lived up to my expectations. So I need to acknowledge why I'm feeling that emotion and, 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 and work through it. And I think it's, so I think a lot of people think, oh, a negative emotion, I, I need to quickly get rid of that. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of it, yeah. get rid of it. 
And but the thing is, you need to go. Oh, negative emotion. What does that mean? Yeah. Work through it, and then remove it. So right. I, what that reminds me of is um, we have a thing that we call this positivity sticking plaster. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are going, oh, you've got to be positive about things. You, you know, come at things very positive. And me and Sue are very big on going, no, actually, you've got to mm. deal with the wound first. Because if you put a plaster on top of a deep wound, it's not going to heal. Yeah. You know, it's going to just last longer. So it's about deal with what that wound is first mm. and then you can start to put a plaster on as it's as it's healing yeah. kind of thing yeah. to make sure it heals even more. And that it really sounded like what you were saying. It's not about like smoothing over it, mm. th- pretending everything's okay. It's about going, I need to deal with this. Yeah. Because otherwise it's going to keep coming up, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's going to remain. Um, it's quite interesting that you use the, the sticking plaster thing. I, I use this with my, with my clients. Um, if you have a problem... It's like a weed, okay? And sometimes you might go uh, and see somebody or you might work on yourself. And what you're doing is you're just taking that green thing off the top, the leaves off the top, and you're leaving the root in. So eventually, it will grow back that green weed. What havening does and what is really powerful is that it gets to the root of the problem. When my clients come to me and go, this is my problem, I think, hmm, really? Yeah, yeah. And after, you know, asking them questions, I get to the bottom of it, and it's not really the problem that they've come with. It, it's something else. So we work on the root, and then it just takes the whole weed out. So I take it that's the emotional... Um, res- the emotion yes. coaching, emotional well-being coaching yeah. kind of thing that you do. I mean, because obviously me and Sue are coaches. We know coaching's a really powerful tool. What you're saying there is it's about going in depth with Mm -hmm. that client and actually getting them to realise what they initially thought was the problem. Probably isn't, and that happens so so many times, doesn't it, that you really need to dig deeper. But that can cause cause you some pain. What do you say about that? The thing is that sometimes... it can be painful, but that pain doesn't last for very long. And the feeling that you get after working through that. I've had clients who have come to me and they look very grey. They're slumped over and they've walked out of my room like Mary Poppins. <laughs> they've got colour in their skin. Wow. And I'm just opening the door, and they're just going to float away into the sky. Giving them all a spoonful of sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's about getting to the root of the problem because if you don't get to the root of the problem, then it is going to come back time and time again. And havening is just, it's just so powerful because when you're using the touch, you're actually generating the happy chemicals with inside your body. Now, this has been scientifically proven by the two doctors who actually um, developed it. Um, they observed EF- EFT, which is the emotional freedom technique, and there wasn't that much scientific evidence on that. So they went away and produced the Havening Touch. So it's really powerful. And I, and I mean, I, I love it. I do self-Havening every single day, regardless how I feel. Mm. I feel that I just need to, like, top my bank up. Yeah, yeah. I'm topping my bank Absolutely. up. Absolutely. 
It strikes me that, you know, going back to what we were saying before about, you know, this idea of not living a perfect life. Yeah. That actually, what if we kind of turn this idea of perfection on its head and that really, you know, if we're kind of got elements of perfection in there, then we are, you know, addressing things, facing mm. up to things. We're not running away from feelings. We're, we're using all these techniques that we've got at our disposal. We're having honest conversations mm. with ourselves. That's that's a different way of thinking about perfection, isn't it? You know, rather than perfection as being this sort of shiny thing that, you know, never gets hurt, never gets distressed, never gets angry. I, I think if somebody portrays perfection, though, you know, that, that's it's a, it's a show, isn't it? It's an illusion, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. And those feelings that they are not displaying, they're inside. And, you know, negative feelings that are not allowed to come out for one reason or another can cause dis-ease in the body. And it, it does need to come out. And, you know, I say, I say this every time, you know, I, yeah, we don't lead perfect lives. And if somebody says, I lead a perfect life, then, yeah, things are always going to happen to you. And regardless of what it is, yeah. So, you know, it might be a, a big traumatic event, but it might only affect you a little bit, but it still will affect you. And that's not, you know, not perfect. I think people who who think they're perfect, then they're protecting themselves. Hmm. I like that. I like the way you explain that. I think it, it just strikes me that so many of us must be walking around, you know, with so much going on within us that we've just not even thought about, addressed or, you know, and we're all doing it, aren't we? So this idea that we're looking at other people and thinking that they've got everything together, you know, their lives are perfect. Um, that It's false, really, No, and also it, you're making assumptions, aren't you? Indeed, indeed. Um, of, of, of their life and think, oh, well, they're, they're perfect. Oh, look at that. She's got, you know, a new outfit. Oh, she's got this... But deep down or behind closed doors, it's a, it's a you know it's a different story, isn't it? And it, it's right. We all have baggage, emotional baggage, and the the reason why I actually um, did all the qualifications was because I wanted a better quality of life. I didn't realise how many suitcases of emotional baggage I was carrying around with me. <laughs> yeah. I might I might have a little rucksack now, but I know how to yeah. deal with it. But yeah, I'd got suitcases lined up at the door. But it's funny when you start going through this. I know I did that with uh, my NLP, and I know Sue did when she started hers with Can her I coaching. Can I jump in and just Kushka. kind of clarify NLP for Kushka. folks out there that might not know what it is? Yes. Neuro linguistic programming. Yes. Communication technique. It's uh, yeah. Ish. Well, it's more than that. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's all about yeah how our brain works. Uh, yeah. It, how it connects with all of our body how we come across so it's like mind body and soul yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's so it's it's a quite a, a big topic really yeah yes yeah, so can't really sum it up in in a short amount of time but yeah i mean a lot of coaches have got nlp backgrounds because it really fits for that kind of thing a lot of counselors do as well it really does fit in with stuff so, so when we were doing our, I don't know when I was sort of training as a coach. Um, I mean, obviously you're you're a master prat, you two are mm. kind of way up there in terms of qualifications. <laughs> I've dabbled a bit with with NLP, um, and I found it very very powerful. Mm. It's something that um, 
it's kind of like a door opens mm-hmm. and then you sort of walk through and you start to understand ah, I'm understanding kind of why people respond in a particular way yeah. or maybe what's driving someone's you know position or or agenda in terms of when we're communicating with them and it is about kind of digging in a little bit deeper yeah definitely it is about that digging in and it it does it it shows up with all this baggage that you have that you've not dealt with and it's very cathartic when you're going through it you're in a room that is very supportive if you're going into a room full of uh, when you're training in this and you talk about it and it just all flows out you don't know where it's going to come from and it's amazing when you see it coming from others as well and I think that's part of why we love coaching we love that that whole aspect that it starts with where that person is and what you were saying there norelle it seems that that you're exactly the same you're going from where that person is and helping them to you know deal with stuff that maybe they didn't even realize mm-hmm. was happening but clearly is impacting within their emotions and you know impacting on the mental well-being kind of stuff you see, a lot of things that when clients say, oh, this is it's this problem and I go back into the past, I would say the majority of the problems are in childhood. Yeah. And whether that is to do um, with, with your parents or, or your siblings or the teachers around you, it all really stems. There's, uh, there's a thing um, in NLP called time, timeline therapy. And it basically is going back at every single event when somebody, so for, I'll take um, anger again, um, and going back. So maybe there was a, an anger event maybe five years ago. But then when you go back and back and back, you know, it's maybe, you know, that the parents had anger issues. And then that's how it's, it's kind of filtered out um, because children generally have copied behavior and, and they copy from their, their parents or they copy from, you know, adults around them, the teachers and things. Um, so I, I use timeline therapy to get to the root of the problem and then work back. So sometimes with Havening, sometimes I can deal with the root and then the other events may have just disappeared. Or they may have reduced in feeling. So I only need to work on it a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I, I have done in the past NLP on its own. Mm. I generally now just use NLP within Havening. Yeah. Sounds, it sounds fascinating. I think, um, I don't know, I think I'm, I'm going to be kind of booking myself in for some Havening, Narelle. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I've got a lot of baggage that needs to disappear, definitely. Um, so th- there's so much about kind of what your talking about that I think kind of relates and you've touched on a little bit about how you build up your own sort of emotional resilience there Mm -hmm. you know and we were saying there about um you know as coaches um Claire and I do meet the person where they are and it's very much about digging in to find out what's Mm. really going on with them um you know we've come to our work and kind of sum it up as being about mental well-being because as you were saying there your Mm. mind is all powerful yeah and I think kind of mind is the battleground mm-hmm. to a certain extent, isn't it? Um, so we, we call ourselves 3B, we're the mental well-being company. This phrase mental well-being, it's sort of used a lot, isn't it? Kind mm. of out there in the world just at the minute as we're kind of raising awareness, I suppose, yeah. about mental health. Yeah. And yeah. the pandemic particularly has, has oh, shone a yes. spotlight on that. 
What does the term mental well-being mean for you? It basically means looking after yourself. And, and, and also, not only that, the mind and the body. Before I got into all this, I did not realise that the mind and the body was connected. I thought there were two different things. I think there's a lot of people still think like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was a yo-yo dieter for 24 years of my life. I could not work out why I could not keep weight off. I couldn't, I, I couldn't work it out. I was doing my diets. I was doing the exercises. I didn't realise that it was my mindset. And I've actually kept my weight off now for six years which I've never, ever, ever done in my adult life. So it's about looking after yourself. But when I say look after yourself, you have to do what is right for you. You know, I, I tell my audiences, in my keynote, Be Kind to Your Mind, there's about eight or nine different techniques on how to look after yourself. And I always say, go away, have a go at one or two. If you don't like it, have a go at another one. You've got to do what is right for you. I don't... I. I can go on all these courses and I can share all this information because that's what I want to do because I want you to have a better quality of life. And it's up to you which techniques you do. And also, I would say about small steps lead to big changes. You know, I meditate for half an hour a day. Now, if you'd have told me to do that 10 years ago, I, I would have probably done it once. Uh, I'd have been extremely bored. I'd have probably been looking at my watch or looking on my phone and, and never done it again. So, you know, like two minutes a day and then build up on that to three to four. Small steps lead to big changes. You're listening to Let's Talk Wellbeing with Claire and Sue. Wow, that's some really good stuff. I just, yeah, perfectly positioned there with what you were talking about. I really would like to move this into like your own personal journey, if you don't mind sharing that with us. So like, what has your journey been to, to enable you to feel like you've got greater mental well-being? Right, okay. So as I said before, I, I was a yo-yo dieter for over 20 years. Um, if I was stressed or somebody upset me and I wasn't happy, the fridge and the cupboard were my best friends. Uh, because I didn't know how to deal um, with the stress. And... And it was an escapism. Food and alcohol was an escapism. Uh, but only for a short period of time, you know. Then the guilt would kick in. The weight would pile on. And I just thought to myself one day, oh, I've had enough. I've really had enough now. I want to have a better quality of life. I want a better me. So I, I, I googled and I went on a weekend course um, with Paul McKenna. And, and Richard Bandler, who was the co-creator of uh, NLP. And that weekend completely changed my life. I then went on to do NLP um, with Richard Bandler, both my master and my, my original um, practitioner course. When I went to that weekend, Paul McKenna showed this technique called havening, 
And when he did it, I just thought, blimey, that's really powerful. So when I came, because I'm, I'm based in Yorkshire, and when I came back home after my practitioner course, my NLP practitioner course, Paul said, he advertised and said, oh, there's a course, the first course of Havening in the UK. And I kind of thought, I don't want to go back down to London again, my inner chatter. I've only, you know, and I clicked on the link and it was in York. Wow, thanks to be. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I went along and did a weekend course. Because I'd done my NLP, I could practice Havening then, even though I wasn't, I was only doing it with family and friends. You know, people kept saying, because I, you know, I lost my weight, as I said, I've um, maintained my weight for, for six years now. Um, I don't drink alcohol anymore don't need it, you know, have a healthy diet, exercise every day. Um, and people were saying, oh, you know what you've been doing? Will it work for this area of my life? Or will it work for that area of my life? And every time they asked me a question, the answer was yes. So then I started doing it with my family and friends. So I did these qualifications for me. And then I thought, hold on here. I can, I can help people. So then that's how my business um, evolved. And at first it was just one-to-ones. And then I thought to myself, how do I get this to a wider audience? Because by then my why, my purpose was to help people have a better quality of life because I know it was possible. And I thought, I'll write my keynote. So I wrote my keynote, Be Kind to Your Mind. And as I said, share about eight or nine different techniques in, in this keynote because I want people to have a better quality of life because I have now. And, and you know, as before... I didn't, I didn't realise that my mind and body were connected. Just something as simple as that. And, and here I am. I mean, I completely get where you're coming from. And I think from some of our past interviews, it is, it's about, it's, it's not only, it's just part, it's yeah. all part and parcel of that same thing. Noelle, can you explain a bit more about this keynote for our listeners? Because obviously they may not know what you mean by a keynote. All right, sorry, yeah. No? Um, keynote is, is a talk, basically. So I go to um, organisations or if there's a well-being event on, I will go as a speaker um, and I'll share a little bit of my story. Self-havening is, is in there. Um, so people can, you know, as I said, all the techniques that I share, they can go away and, and implement them into their lives. Um, so, yeah, it's about 45 minutes long. And then I have a question and answer session at the end for 15 minutes. So people in the audience can ask me any questions, any questions about my, my life or any questions about the, the technique or uh, things like that. So, and I, I just, I love it. Absolutely love it. Because it's, it's just helping people have a better quality of life. I think your, sorry, I was just going to say your passion just absolutely is that what you're going just to say? Just about Claire? the same just, thing. Yeah. It comes over. Mm. I mean, there's an energy in the room, isn't there, yeah, Claire? There is. Here, folks, you know, kind of with Narelle, and it just, you've got a glow about you. Absolutely. Because the thing is, you know, if you'd have told me 10 years ago what I'd be doing now, I'd be like, what are you on about? You're being stupid. I, I would never, ever be able to do that. Mm. And, and, and now that I know that I, I can do it, and I think to myself, you know, and I honestly believe this, if I can do it, honestly, anybody can do it. And that's why I'm so passionate, because I think back then I would have, you know, I was unhappy, I cried all the time, I was lazy, you know. But now I just think, if I, honestly, God, if I can do it, anybody can do it. 
it just it you've obviously had this epiphany kind of thing yeah there's i think what you were saying there about you didn't want to go out down to london and then it came up in york so it was really close it was up in the yorkshire for you and i just think these things happen these things always happen that actually if you put stuff out there yeah and i know there might be people going what if you put stuff out there but i genuinely believe that whatever you put out whatever you focus on is what's going to come back for you so if you focus on what it is you want to change and yeah. what you want to do but and you have that plan you want to continue that you'll get it somehow yeah. it'll come to you somehow and i know that can, that can sound easy for people who are maybe not feeling it quite mm. yet like there's obviously lots you say you do you exercise every day you have a healthy diet you do your havening technique all the time and of you include as well you know these um Affirmation. affirmations could not think of the word yeah folks we're all having the menopause moment <laughs> in here today just letting you know this you know bear with us but yeah so you've got these affirmations as well which um i have to be careful saying because that's when my scouts really comes out <laughs> in me um but is there one insight that you think that people could do right now that would maybe help them i just think <clears throat> Okay, it's okay to have a big goal. Set that big goal and then just put it to one side and have little goals. What is the one thing, just one thing today, can you do to improve your life? Like I've said before, small steps lead to big changes. So have your goal and then break it down. And also, once you do that, do it on a regular basis. Do it on a daily basis, but start small. It then becomes a habit and then you build on it. Yeah, and I think that's that's really key. And I know we, we have talked about this on our show before about these tiny steps even. Yeah. So the bring it really breaking it down. And I know some things like that we've learned, it's like even if you want to go and do your yoga, mm. if it's just a case of, well, you, your first step is getting your yoga mat out. Yeah. So if that's your first step, that is just the first, well, I've got my yoga mat out. Okay, let's see how we go. And then and then making those, like, mm -hmm. okay, so you've got your yoga mat out today. Then you've got your yoga mat and put your yoga clothes on. And this is this is actually something that I know Sue's done, you see. Yeah. Because she don't very often go, when we were in the middle of our, our work, and obviously doing it over Zoom because of the lockdown, and she'd go, I really, I really need to get out. And then wouldn't when I'd get back in with her in the afternoon. And then what you started doing was actually wearing your yoga clothes. As soon I as I saw you, I was like, she's got yoga clothes on. That intention then was there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. and I think what you're saying then, Arel, and what we're talking about is making things easier for ourselves, Yeah, aren't we? You know, because there's so much stuff out there that's difficult and that's hard work. Why It doesn't have to be. These sort of making these changes, taking these tiny steps... Make it as easy as possible mm. for yourself. So, you know, if you want to make, and as you say, it's incremental and then it builds and builds and builds. And absolutely, and I'm now at a point now with, you know, I wouldn't say I'm constantly wearing yoga clothes, <laughs> but, you know, I kind of make it easier for myself. It's the, it's the first thing I get dressed in to, into in the morning, you know, unless obviously I have to be somewhere else mm. so that I can have my walk, so that I can mm -hmm. do my yoga. And if I don't do it, 
I don't beat myself up about it. Mm. You know, if for something happens or for some reason I don't get to do everything, and I think that's important, don't you? Because I think, you know, when you were talking before, I really relate to what you're saying about goals. You know, we do tend to think of them as being these big mm. things. We've got to make massive changes in our lives, and then we start to feel the pressure, don't yeah. we? Yeah. So I love what you're saying there about breaking it down and then breaking it down even further. Um but yeah, what would you say to people if, if they're sort of they're not feeling it today or you know? The thing is, I, I, I agree with you. Don't beat yourself up, right? Your mind and your body talk to you. Okay. So, for example, it was a couple of weeks ago and I felt really tired in the morning. And I thought, do you know what? I'm just gonna do a mile running. I'm okay with that. What do you normally do, Narelle? Sometimes I do 5K. Wow. <laughs> but the thing is, that's what I'm saying. So you'll wake up one morning and think, oh, I feel energised. Mm. I'm going to do 5K. Today, I'm not energised. I'm going to do a mile. Because your mind and your body talk to you. So if your body is saying, oh, I'm tired today, don't push it to 5K. Mm. Take it easy. You know, it's, it's about listening, yeah. listening to yourself. Mm -hmm. And that obviously, that's what works for you. And then other people, it might be just literally go for a walk around the block. Yeah. And then and they get that out that's kind me. of thing. Yeah. yeah. I think that, that's really important. What you're talking about there really, for me, fits with, with our whole philosophy here um, at 3B. So the 3B stand for B, believe mm. and breathe. And really quickly, that just breaks down to being you, mm -hmm. being comfortable in who you are, believing in your own abilities and that you can do things. And then that breathe is more taking that pause, mm -hmm. filling yourself, like you've said, the meditation, it could be going for a 5K or a one, or it could be just, you know, walking the dogs, whatever it fits for you that mm. actually just gives you that yeah. self-care kind of thing. And we're really big on this and sort of everything that we do is founded within this because we just think if people have more belief in themselves yeah. and are more comfortable in mm -hmm. who they are, that already takes away stress. Yeah. So we're not comparing ourselves to other people. No. You know, so it's, and like you said, it's sort of like, so you've gone your 5K, usually you're just going to do a mile and anybody mm. who's at home who's going, oh my God, can't even do one. You know, and that's me. I can't anymore. Mm. I used to, um, when I got RA, my joints won't let me yeah. run anymore. So, you know, that had a huge impact for me. I'm not going to beat myself up over that. No. There's other things we can do instead. So it is, it's about being who you are yeah. kind of thing. So what I want to say is, do you think that you actually have the three Bs in your life and how do they show up for you? Okay. So I think B is being present, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I, I, you know, I practice gratitude every day, meditation every day. And so I'm B in that moment. However, we all have lives. And sometimes I find myself that I need to bring this back to my B now. And, um, you know, sometimes that inner chatter that we all have, because yeah. we all have it, um, even if you don't want to admit it. And um, yeah, so it's about being aware of that inner chatter 
and and quieting it down. And you know, and sometimes um, I actually practice gratitude more than once. Sometimes I practice it two or three times a day. I've noticed that my inner chatter comes in when I'm driving. Ah, it's interesting. I don't know why, but my inner, you know, and I think to myself, right, what can I do to stop that? And I do gratitude while I'm driving. I love that because that's just like an instant tool that yes. you're putting to use, isn't it? Yes. It's free. Yeah. You've got it at your disposal. You can even do it while you're driving. Yeah. Ticks lots of boxes. And even though I do it first thing on the morning, and if my inner chatter is coming when I'm driving, because I do do quite a lot of miles, um, I, you know, I don't, I, I look for the things that I'm grateful for, and not the same things that was in the morning. Mm. Yeah. Different things to make me think about it more, because when you're thinking about it, then you're in the present moment, thinking about what you're grateful for. Could you share? one thing that you're grateful for right now just just so our listeners can get like a bit more well i can i can give you a couple fab okay yeah so i am very very grateful to sue and claire we haven't paid her by the way (laughs) (laughs) just like you know we've not paid her to say for inviting me (laughs) on the radio program because it's an opportunity for me to share yet again i'm also grateful for my car, and I've been listening to Brené Brown whilst I'm coming over here. Brené Brown, good yeah. yes. So for me, that's, you know, my self-care in my car. I've always got an audio book in my car. Um, I, I sometimes occasionally listen to, to music and things. Uh, I should never say this on a radio programme, but I never listen to the news. <laughs> Well, um, well yeah. I have to say, me and Sue are exactly the same. Yeah, we don't either, you know. And uh, I think also going back to the three Bs then, um, the, the belief, you know, to believe in yourself. And, and, and I think, again, the, the inner chatter sometimes takes it away. And I think you need to do your affirmations. You need to, I, I talk to my inner chatter I actually talk to it out aloud mm-hmm. as well. I tell it off. So I think, you know, you need to, you need to, also you need to praise yourself and you need to reward yourself, which I, I reward myself probably too much, but <laughs> hey. Um, so, you know, I like to go and have treatments and things and I just think that's my me time. That's mm. my... That makes perfect sense to me. Yes. Yeah. Why, Why not? not? Yeah. <laughs> So that just helps, you know, with with believing yourself and, you know, catching that negative inner chatter and turn it around, make it positive. Put your affirmations in, put your gratitude in, you know. Um, Sometimes, you know, your inner chatter can go away with you and it's about catching it. First of all, being aware of it. It's like it's on a loop, isn't it, sometimes on on your system. It's about catching it. Um, and, and breathe, again, for me, is about being present and having quality me time. That's so important. That is really so important. I think everything that you've said, I think that it gives you know people a bit more insight. It gives them some like, mm. tips of maybe what they can try as well. I love the fact that you say you say it out loud. I do exactly the same. I've learned that actually it's more powerful. Yeah. 
if I say it out loud. And very often, that's why talking matters mm. so much. Because that, what goes on in your head, sometimes when you say it out loud, it comes out different. Yeah. You hear things what you're saying, you hear it more clearly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really key. Narelle, it's, it's just been, it's been great listening to what you've got to say. That was an extract from our radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. You can listen in every Thursday between 12 and 2 on HCR 92.3 FM or online on hcr923fm.com.